so good and evil again i so i think that they are uh reminiscent of deeply ingrained patterns if you will but uh but the context is uh is very much a continuum and i think that that is something that's lost a lot of the time you either get moral relativism or this really really strict dogmatic morality and i really i think that both are uh are are just not, are are just missing the point a little bit um i feel very comfortable saying that um even though demon is likely um like very likely a, a heuristic term there's some truth to it because when something happens and people vomit strange things or there's weird like artifacts from possession cases they're never able to take it away people can actually hold it in their hands but anytime you hear about these things happening in cases they always dematerialize eventually Hello, hello, and welcome to the Spirit Box podcast, where we explore folklore, magic, the world of the spirits, and everything in between. For episode 65, we're joined once again by Anthony Tyler. Anthony is an author and esoteric researcher, and uh, definitely enjoys a good philosophical conversation. And today we discuss the dualistic nature of good and evil, and how the definitions tend to fall apart when we look at things from different perspectives. And that's really kind of, I guess, the thread in... in this show's conversation. We discuss Jungian archetypes with regards to the aforementioned evil and whether evil is subjective or objective. Diving deeper still, we discuss what it is that evil entities, if they exist, uh, get from attacking human beings and the nature of possession. In the plus show, we discuss perception in, 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 with further depth in relationship between environmental pressures and the subsequent religious beliefs that are um, a response to environmental pressures. And Anthony goes into memetics as the study of a mind virus in relation to the broader topics of, of evil and entity intrusion. Now, if you want to hear the plus show, then sign up to the Patreon and you'll get the plus show along with a host of other benefits. Patreon isn't your thing, then you can always, uh, if you fancy it, buy me a coffee uh, via the My Link Tree and YouTube videos. Links are in there, and uh, it's greatly appreciated. And when I'm talking about appreciation, I'd like to give a big thank you to my Ank patrons: um, Ikara, William Mo, Robert W, Roland B, Steph, Tim, Two Way, Pamela, Michelle, Merrily, Marco, Kate C, Jen. Hannah, Flora, Eric, and Desiree. Austin, Ali, and Carrie S. Thank you all so much for your support. It's hugely, hugely appreciated. Now, as always, I'm interested in people's experiences. If you've had a brush uh, with the other, um, seen some shadow men, experienced the gin or the fae, then give me a shout. I'd like to talk to you about it. I'd like to hear your story. Okay. Oniva, let's get into it. You're very welcome back to the Spirit Box. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Yeah, thank you very much for having me back on. Um, always a pleasure. And, um, you know, I, I do a, um, different kinds of shows, some like Fortean based, some like philosophical based. And 
this one being um, very steeped, you know, you do different things, but very steeped in esotericism and uh, magic and things. Um, I've been looking forward to uh, coming back on. So thanks again. Cool, cool. Well, today we're going to uh, we're going to talk about evil and um, the nature of demons, demonology, demons, all that kind of all all that kind of uh, rich territory to explore. And then, um, I mean, essentially, we're just trying to loop back into the conversation we started when we're recording. Right. It always happens. It always happens every time. Uh, <laughs> but looking at kind of demons as a whole. You know, in terms of the concept of demons, the the idea of, of demons. To to get things started, what's your stance on a demon? Uh, what what is it from your perspective? Well, um, see, I try to come at things. Um, I I'm I have my own personal beliefs, and you know that uh, I'm I have like spiritual inclinations, you could say, and but um um coming from a, a a pretty Jungian mindset um and just trying to find control methods so to speak for certain things and even like common denominators if you will um uh to analyze things on a level playing field um I'm always looking at um the the the, the most practical um the existential point of view and uh there's there's lots of questions to be asked about metaphysics. And like we were saying before uh, recording here, there's a lot to understand about the, like the, the symbolism, you know, demonology and demonolatry. Um, all these things have very rich, um, uh, like enveloped systems and things. And, uh, and, you know, I've looked into those things as well. That's all part of the research. And, but I'm also uh, very focused on or and, and interested in, um, uh not only uh like how these things translate in the modern day and um it's a really it's a there's a lot to untangle uh but i i, I think it's uh it's fascinating work to be done because i mean firstly you have to start out with um like what is good and evil and that's something that we'll get into here but uh, you know there's also the difference uh you know there's the common like abrahamic uh idea that there's only angels or demons. And uh, I'm definitely not of that mindset. I think that there is um, a curious gray area um, and that gray area, um, I think uh, I think that's pretty much more or less where you would put the daemon. Um, I, I think it's just things that are um, non-divine, but not evil. And, and so real quick, let's tackle what is evil. Cause I think this, uh, um, this really opens the whole field a little bit and um, important to bring up the idea, the, the evolutionary psychology um, unit and a descriptive term as well, um, heuristic, meaning like psychological units um, of trial and error, self-education. So good example being, um, it was really common, you know, a belief in the Middle Ages, for example, as I'm sure before that as well, um, that you could contract disease um, or like uh, like the Black Plague through smell. You can't, of course, but it is interesting uh, because it's not that far from the truth. Um, 
you know, things that smell horrific are probably going to poison you more or less. And, uh, and if you think that, um, that you might contract it from the smell, you're more likely to stay away. And same thing with people thinking that porcupines shoot quills. It's a misconception, but it'll keep you further away from the porcupine. So there is some adaptational value there. And I think that a lot of, I think good and evil in a large sense are this sort of uh, heuristic processes. And, and I think that a lot of uh, metaphysics at large is his process. And obviously good and evil exists on this sort of collective adaptational continuum uh, where, where things change and develop. Um, and, uh, and it ultimately boils down to, you know, I think it's not too complicated. Uh, it's a, it's a sort of collective agreement, like don't step on me and I won't step on you generally speaking. And, uh, and then we'll just kind of have our own shot, but, and I, but I also don't think it's as simple as just like that agreement is the only thing keeping us from tearing each other's throats out because, you know, it's like chaos theory. There are preconditions um, that we have, there are like primordial preconditions, you know, physics, uh, deep patterns of the, the universe and the way that the earth works and things that um, have deep impressions on us. And um, those things are very reminiscent in the archetypes that we, or those things are essentially what we are um, conveying when, uh, you know, for instance, with things like the mother and the father archetype, um, these, uh, these are deeply ingrained biological adaptive patterns within us. Um, and, um, that gets into like the positive and negative spectrum of physics and things and, uh, et cetera. So good and evil again, I, so I think that they are, uh, reminiscent of deeply ingrained patterns, if you will, but, uh, but the context is, uh, is very much a continuum. And I think that, that is something that's lost a lot of the time. You either get moral relativism or this really, really strict dogmatic morality. And I really, I think that both are, uh, are, are, just not, are, are just missing the point a little bit. So what, what, is, a, what is a demon then? Um, um, I think it really boils down to, because Here's the other, it boils down to a predatory nature and I'll get into that a little more, but um, the, a big point obviously with demonology, something to untangle is the idea that, <clears throat> you know, not only do the victors write history, but the victors take the gods of the losers and turn them into demons. It happens consistently throughout history. And um, um, it's kind of, I think like epitomized with the, uh, the, at least in the West with the idea of the demiurge. There are other examples, but this is uh, perhaps the most interesting one. Cause I mean, it really is, um, it's a fascinating, am I allowed to curse on this show? Okay, cool. <laughs> so I always forget to ask, but it's a, the demiurge, uh, especially, I mean, and just like the concept it represents is an interesting mind fuck because it like, uh, if you could convince someone that their God is actually a devil, um, that is, uh, that's pretty powerful. And there might even be some truth to that. And uh, um, now I don't think that, um, you know, to follow through with this example, I, I have some sort of like Gnostic Christian leanings. I don't think that uh, Yahweh is specifically evil, 
but I think he is uh, flawed. And um, I think um, when it comes to confrontation that and, and the predatory nature of things, that is really striking to the root. Because we're also, remember, we're looking at like evolutionary psychology as some sort of control methods. Not to say that that's where the trail of breadcrumbs ends, but that's where it begins. And so confrontation and and what those symbols whatever symbols are chosen ultimately to represent that confrontation and the context of that confrontation is where empirically we can really uh start to find some meat in demonology as this predatory encroachment on this collective agreement we call good and evil um because it's not so simple as having um a, a different God, obviously. Uh, someone could call that a devil, but it's not necessarily the case. Uh, and you really, uh, it, it's forced me at least in uh, considering these things to consider the difference between um, um, the pre uh, predatory nature and righteousness, because um, there is there is such a thing as righteousness, certainly. And there's sometimes where we need to, uh, defend ourselves and stand our ground. But that seems to be a very, very quintessential part of the human experience, um, similar to love, as we know, like love and hate exist on a, they, uh, you know, uh, light up certain uh, similar parts of the brain, and they exist on a very similar continuum. This idea of confrontation, and the, the fine line between righteousness and uh, uh, being a predator is uh, something that seems, uh, it's one of the most common and I think one of the most pressing problems uh, that we have like in the human condition. And, and yeah, so just for starters, I think like archetypally, um, practically speaking, in, in that slice of um, that gray area, because it's also, you know, demonology, a true demon uh, uh, forces you to call or calls into question um, um what side you're really on to begin with um and we can get into that more as well but you know because i've been uh reading some stuff about uh possession etc uh just as uh, case studies and um that gets into some interesting territory too because we're, we're talking about kind of like dualism really you we? like we're kind of looking at that the, the kind of the, the binary uh polarity of, mm -hmm. of um, morality and belief and and just the fundamentals of a dualistic world, you know, and it, it's quite, it's quite provocative to think about it in the sense that kind of like good and evil, huge amount of that is perspective, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that kind of like thinking about a lot of Abrahamic faiths, thinking about kind of um, some of the, the, the old religions that were kind of superseded by Abrahamic faiths. And as you alluded to earlier, the kind of the victor's right history and they denounce and either subsume the gods of, of the, the the people that they've they've uh, vanquished and and and, um, and have overtaken they, they either amalgamate merge or then or demote uh, mm. their, their their gods but really thinking about it for a little bit you know we think about say some of um you know some of, some of the, the, the kind of the fates that we would see or, or adversary at fates based conflict 
that is entirely adversarial. Think about how they see each other. You know, like they they see each other as they kind of as a some kind of evil projection, but at the same time they're both thinking that they're in, they're in a righteous place. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's quite remarkable. You know, when you really start to look at it, when you're going to zoom out a bit, like they both essentially think the same thing. It, you know? it really is remarkable. And mm-hmm. it's something that I've always been just fascinated with from a philosophical perspective. Um, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it kind of harkens back, uh, cause I've, I'm very influenced by, um, alchemy and hermeticism. And, uh, it really harkens back to that, uh, sentiment found in alchemy where you essentially have to, um, learn to refine the alchemical process on yourself and refine yourself before you can do any sort of exterior refinement. And uh, this is uh, uh, essentially going to, you know, um, like the next uh, most important point of um, empirical demonology, I guess you could say, is understanding the the shadow complex of the psyche in uh, Jungian terminology, because there are four components of um, uh, there are four core components of the psyche, like from which everything else stems, suppose uh, theoretically, and um, I, you know, I would say that uh, it, it certainly is the case, um, and that would be the 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 mother and father archetype, the uh, persona or like the logos, which would be like the Hermetic or Christ or Buddha, whatever, um, and then you have the shadow. And the shadow um, is essentially um, all these are unconscious mechanisms, but the shadow is particularly that which is unintegrated entirely, um, but somehow registered in the in your uh, consciousness. And and so the unknown, uh, people fear the unknown for a reason, just like evolutionarily speaking, because it does imply that there are things that could be potentially harmful. Um, but it's not that it's exclusively harmful at all. And, and so on, um, uh, because the shadow isn't inherently evil, it's a it's a part of our psyche that might be conduits to something uh, greater. Um, at its best case scenario, the shadow is very Virgilian, um, as in, you know, Dante's guide in the Divine Comedy. He's not he's not divine. He's not an, uh, allowed into heaven, but uh, not burning in hell either. He's uh, he's got that middle ground of purgatory. But um, there are certainly. Um, uh, and, and so there are aspects of the uh, the shadow um, and archetypes present um, within us that have uh, and aren't evil. They have these sort of like wounded uh, child aspects, uh, things that do need to be nurtured. Um, and then you have the uh, you have the other um, this uh, th- this other strange um, uh, what we were talking about earlier with that 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 predatory ground where it um it seems there seems to be um trickery involved in many ways um and uh um there's a lot of different avenues where we could take it next i don't know if you have any particular questions but i I sure could keep going yeah i think i I think there are some there are some particular angles that i think we can look at um because I think we can really kind of be, you can explore the kind of the philosophical nature of of kind of good and evil as we've been touching on to a degree. And you know, we looked at kind of the 
again, from a historical perspective, you have opposing forces that are essentially reflections of each other. You know, um, yet one defines oneself as good and projects evil on the other. Um, we've had that throughout time. But for me, when I think about evil, I and, and demons um, from that kind of um, possession perspective and from the kind of the, the personal destruction perspective, I see it as a very different thing. You know, um, I see kind of some of the the the, the, the kind of the, the Croatia, as we were talking about earlier, um, as being more in the archetypal sense. Mm-hmm. Just the programs, as it were, you know, and but I do see, I, I, I see the influence of destructive spirits, and I don't even know if destruction is the right word, you know, because destruction also is a form of creation as well. I, mm-hmm. I think it's more about the kind of the the degradation, like it's making something baser. That that's. The act of, of kind of like a, a demon that is there to to, to um, remove one from uh, a, a, not not a righteous path, but a path of your own progression. Path right. We will be based, you know, and and kind of some of kind of my research into it um, actually is, is through an Abrahamic um, prism, you know, primarily kind of Islam and Christianity, but that's. The, that's kind of the goal of of um of, of say Iblis and then the, the jinn as a whole and kind of your kind of your medieval demons they're they are, they are there to move you away from the path to your god that that's I mean I mean Iblis that quote unquote kind of says that you know um in in the book uh, heights. The, 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 book, the book, the heights with it within the Quran, al al araf. That is definitely not how it's actually pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in that section, the Iblis basically says, "Now that thou hast thwarted me, um, shall most certainly lie in an ambush for them along thy straight way." Um, and basically, what what Iblis is saying there is that. I'm going to do my best to pull people away from you again and again and again, you know. Um, and this is this is that kind of the source of that tension between kind of humanity and the jinn, you know, the shaitan. Uh, um, and similarly, it's the same with within Christianity, you know. Um, and you've got the there is always that tension to 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 move to get distance between the the the, the soul, the individual, and and the, the creator, as it were. Um, it still isn't a binary place, but I think on an individual basis, on that kind of you know, what we're talking about possession basis, that it's 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 less than that. It's more about kind of what does something get from that? Is there an essence they get from that? Is there some sort of source of of um, sustenance by destroying something, by taking it away? And again, I use the word destroy, and it's not quite what I'm trying to say, but to take something and make it baser. That there's there's something that happens in that scenario that is is um yeah it, it gives a sort of sustenance to um to the to a demon whatever that is 
Yeah. Uh, great points that really further the conversation, um, uh, you know, to degradation and um, that destruction as a form of creation, like you said, and as well as the archetypes um, and um, the sort of like programming um, that uh, with the Goetia and things. Um, so, you know, firstly, I'll talk about, uh, you know, because the, the degradation, that's a great point. And I kind of I tend to look at these things because, again, evil, while it's not false, it is uh, heuristic, as I said. And so um, I think that if we're really looking at demonology, I don't necessarily think you could say that these demons um, that we have called this this predatory metaphysical nature um um i don't think that it would be evil in the sense that we would consider like um a, a child molester evil or something i think it it's it it seems to me evil from our perspective because it is very tragic when something like that happens um but it's something more like you know the lion taking down an antelope i would think you know i think that there is very much I, the the uh uh the animal kingdom and nature itself is probably an apt metaphor for this yeah i think i think you're i think you're i think you're right you're you're buying on yeah like that it is just simply the nature of things mm -hmm. you know? and i think one of our problems and again it comes down to that perspective is is the sense of even though we, we kind of, you know, in the broader sense, look up to something, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's a God, whether that's an idea, whether that's a, a, a political perspective, we look right. up. To something. But in the physical world, we generally consider ourselves top of the food chain, right? You know, mm -hmm. so when something metaphysical supersedes us, you know, can read us, you see things like possession can, can, can literally drive us like a vehicle, you know, that is fundamentally terrifying for a human mind to get around. You know, it, absolutely. It, it absolutely paralyzes it. You know, um, and I've got to really stop saying, you know, I have to listen back to this. And all I ever hear is myself saying, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I got to go. I've got to go. I'm really working on it to stop saying fucking, you know, all the time. Anyway, I get back to my point. Um, but, but it's how do we how do we understand the nature of of a demon? Because I think your point is very well made that it, it's it is just part of that kind of ecosystem that we're in, you know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but yeah, I, I appreciate it. I'm from Galway, and that's our throwaway phrase. At least it was when I grew up, you know. So yeah. it's, it just it'll keep going. Um, but, Everyone's uh, got some phrases like that, I swear. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's it's understanding: is there a separate function that, in that idea of kind of like degradation and corruption, like if that is a form of sustenance, is it just playing out its nature? But or is there uh, is there some there is a malicious element to it? And when you look at possession cases, when you look at kind of the like. Some of the real ones that have been documented, right? Mm -hmm. There's no doubt a malicious element to it. You know, that there is there is debasing, degrading, you know, to go out and generate pain, to generate hurt, not with, not least within the individual, but in their kind of their their, their circle. 
know, and yeah. the, the exorcists, and they they talk about these things as being horrendous, you know, uh, like, and it takes a certain type of, I think, human being to, to be able to fill that role. It might be different in different ways. I mean, I know that the kind of Abrahamic one is, is quite dramatic and kind of a sword and a shield, as it were. Right. Um, I think, you know, because, uh, you know, when you look into possession cases, um, um, they are certainly uh, malicious. And, uh, you know, perhaps if um, they, if per, perhaps it, it, it's, it's simply uh, as simple as the fact that they're attracted to that. Like if, um, if something divine is archetypally embodied and you could say attracted to like love then i suppose um these uh these these metaphysical scavengers uh in a sense um um again like evil just being perspective um but it would appear that some things um um feed on our fear or are at least attracted to it initially and gain some sort of uh, you know, bump in, um, in their, what's the word I'm looking for, some sort of attunement with the signal, or if you will. Um, but I recently read, um, what's the name of it? Demonic Foes by Dr. Richard Gallagher. Um, and uh, this is a book that came out sometime last year, uh, written by, you know, Dr. Gallagher, he's a, he's an esteemed psychiatrist who's been well-respected and, and, you know, still working in the field. Are, are you familiar with the work? Yes, uh, I've read a couple of, uh, of uh, features about him. Okay, good deal, good deal. Okay, so um, for any listeners, just briefly, um, yeah, so he, uh, an esteemed uh, working psychiatrist, uh, you know, uh, pretty well-studied and uh, very well-studied, I would say, and um, has worked with... Um, the uh, the exorcists within the Catholic Church for like almost three decades now, I believe, and um, has done a great deal in um, furthering the study of this continuum of mental illness and true anomalous possession cases. And there is a bit of a continuum, but as he points out in the book, uh, one of the be uh, biggest takeaways is that there's not always a slow progression, but like in the case uh, with Annalise Michelle, I think it's, and others, but that's definitely the, the, the biggest, best example. There is certainly a continuum where uh, there's certain physical, biological factors that can give way and start to, to use a Jacques Vallée term with uh, phenomenology, uh, perhaps completing some sort of circuit to a degree. Um, so, um, but, you know, possession, I think it's certainly, it's very interesting because yes, there's a lot of woo to it, um, but there is a lot of uh, history and tradition involved as well. And when you do your due diligence to separate the woo from the tradition, you find that there is more than enough shadow of a doubt uh, to, um, I don't know, just at least give you pause as to what is really going on here. And at the very least, I don't feel, um, I feel very comfortable saying that um, even though demon is likely um, like 
very likely a, a heuristic term. There's some truth to it. Absolutely. Because, you know, there are, and um, I'll get into next um, why I think that belief systems um, kind of structure the phenomena a little bit, but um, it is, um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a big point made in the book that I think is, uh, and you know, the, the book is, uh, it, it left out, I was hoping it would cover a little, uh, there was some ground I was hoping it would cover that it didn't, but I definitely give it a thumbs up. It was a great read. And, uh, Dr. Gallagher seems like a, a very, uh, studious individual, but, um, so there are control methods with these things. You know, he says that the anomalous quality to it is something that you cannot relate to uh, specifically physical factors, uh, but you can you can um, uh, acknowledge um, and diagnose. That's a, you, you can diagnose the symptoms um, the the same way you could diagnose a physical illness as well. And that's a very important point to make um, because there are these strange anomalous circumstances. And I think that some of these anomalous circumstances are, uh, are given context um, by uh, belief systems. But that's why, um, you know, Catholic exorcists and exorcisms are so fascinating. Um, I mean, among others, of course, but they, uh, because when you have an authentic case, um, the, the, it can't be, and it can't be an authentic case without meeting some of this criteria. Um, meaning, uh, I think it's the four tenets where it's, um, was it xenoglossy? I think that's what it is where you, um, you have the, the, the languages that you never learned before. And then there's the, there's the borderline telepathy, that's uh that's hidden knowledge knowing the hidden guilt of people and there's the um untold strength and mysterious mass and things and um and then there's uh the other anomalous things like whether it be levitation or the anecdotes of like people vomiting crucifixion nails or things and you know i think at this point um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this uh, volley it over to you here soon. But um, I think at this point, you really have to look into um, what Jung and uh, the psychotherapy would consider as um, transference, this idea between the psychotherapist and the patient, where there's this sort of um, uh, reciprocity between each other on this like uh, intimate you know, just psychologically speaking level, almost like a familial thing that you have to build a rapport with. There is that level of like, you know, where you get from like acquaintance to someone that you trust, that's like a tangible thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and where you also share a belief system, potentially, um, that's a much bigger thing. And so there's a transference of thought processes uh, through like shared mimetics and archetypes. And you all, and, and it's not a stretch at all to say that there is a, a consensus reality being shared at that point. And we know the levels of um, things like hypnosis, especially when you take into account um, mental illness and, you know, like the case, you know, examples like psychedelics and things, hypnosis can make the mind um, do some ex very extraordinary things and see extraordinary things. And basically really calls into question from an existential point of view, 
what in particular reality really is. So as far as I'm concerned, I think that it is very much worth considering that something, for example, like a Catholic exorcism, right, might be some sort of very elaborate um, heuristic hypnotic uh, session where there might be a collective consensus reality being shared and there might actually be some there you know in in these examples there is curious anomalous phenomena happening of this sort of predatory nature that we've spoken of here but um is it as uh classically physical as say like the microphone in front of me maybe not probably not if you know it's but it's very interesting to note like because when something happens and people vomit strange things or there's weird like artifacts from possession cases they're never able to take it away people can actually hold it in their hands but anytime you hear about these things happening in cases they always dematerialize eventually so it's curious and uh i I won't go too far down this rabbit hole but i want to make the quick comparison that all this stuff this kind of consensus reality stuff um really also makes me think a lot about um ufo experiences and um you know, uh, really legendary stories like the sightings at Fatima and things like that. I mean, even Point Pleasant, Mothman type stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a real gamut of, of, of ideas there. And, and um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, ext- it's extremely hard to really get to a place where we've got a concrete grounding with this. You know, I mean, right. fundamentally, because as a concept, nobody wants to go near it, like not in real lives, right? Nobody right. wants to actually touch that. Um, and certainly kind of in, in in a modern context, because we kind of skirt the borderlands of mental health, we, we mm-hmm. tread very carefully and respectfully, you know, to to, to people who, who either suffered from mental health issues themselves or or... 100% that's a big disclaimer to make like people suffering from mental health uh, issues you know myself included I've had rough patches in my life yeah Yeah. like you're not you're not possessed or anything but 100% um so and where it becomes tricky is that basically kind of you touched on it there in terms of kind of like the the I mean, you, you were particularly talking about kind of like the, 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 the full-on kind of possession list of criteria. Um, now, if we look at not possession, but kind of like it's, it's baby brother, as it were, uh, as mm-hmm. it were, obsession. Um, and the Islamic counter, counter um, the, the, the Islamic version of that is uh, was, was, or was, was. Was, was literally translates to as the whispering and lies and temptation of of, of demons or devils right? uh, in, in the hearts of, of human beings um and obsession is is is, is a similar thing it's being you're you, you're you're being be, besieged by an external force um that's not yet been internalized as it would be within possession so it's it's the kind of it's the the second wave of attack as aware you know the it's on its way in. Um, now, slightly different to what you were saying in terms of those kind of like almost instantaneous possessions that kind of like just happen. Boom, you know, no, those are big points to make because there are there are levels to all this for sure. Yeah, yeah. but um, like it's it's besieged. It falls short of it's to some extent 
in in interior but falls short of, of possession like i was saying and what similarly within islam one of those criteria to establish is something happening is what they call kind of like knowledge of the hidden world of al-gayab yeah um but also inspiration so things and this is an interesting point you know like uh, is that the idea of particularly poetry so jinn were quite associated with poetry fairies are very much associated with music you know so so these kind of like bodies are, are of, of talent um could come with um with the kind of the the, the initial waves of, of was was uh, an obsession um and you get into that and you're kind of thinking what well, isn't that similar to kind of like the the Glossolalia, I can't pronounce the actual word, but they're spontaneously speaking in languages, not necessarily actual languages, but in just like verbalizing. Oh, um, uh, speaking in tongues? Yeah, speaking in tongues, exactly that. Yeah, yeah that's, um, a good, so, that's a point too. It's, it's very similar. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like when you're kind of skirting um, the other, be it divine, be it demonic, similar things happen. The direction they take is demonstrably different, but similar things happen. You know, um, but the list of criteria to kind of work out, does somebody have was-was-a? Is somebody experiencing was-was-a? Is somebody experiencing obsession? They are almost identical to how you would, you would ascertain things like um, obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, um, particularly what was-was-a is it's like, it's things that like prevent you from practicing uh, Islam, you know? Um, th- those are almost, I mean, th- th- there's a trap in there as well, isn't there? Isn't there like, you know, it's basically anything that prevents you from practicing your Abrahamic faith is evidence of demonic influence, right? There's right. Abrahamic, you know, they, they have they have that one sewn up, right? Um, but the, the kind of spread of those things, the spread of those 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 symptoms, as it were, like pets start acting differently around you, uh, your friends are questioning your behavior, you have fits of rage, anger, you're hopeless, you feel hopeless, you feel tired. Um, you're not able to discern what's good and right. Uh, I mean, again, that's perspective. So, you know, it's, you know, having an epiphany can put you in a lot of these criteria, you know. Um, and, but then you get into things like hearing voices that are trying to persuade you to do negative things and commanding you to do something, having lucid or frightening nightmares. So that stuff starts to get familiar. So you can see the separation where you start to wonder, okay, what's going on? And there's a guy who I had on the show um, last summer I called, called Jerry Marzinski, and he's extraordinary. You know, um, as, are you familiar with Jerry Marzinski? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, well, he's he, similar to um, um, is it, uh, Dr. Gallagher you mentioned earlier. Uh, okay, okay. So Jerry Marzinski is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a, he's a psych- he was a psychiatrist, and he worked... For about 35 years in hospitals and prisons in the US and, and and he came out of it kind of thinking there is an exterior thing happening here with a lot of people with a lot in schizophrenia that it is not all internal right and that, that kind of time and time again things came up that uh, actually exhibited stuff like knowledge um of um that was, was beyond the individual's capability knowledge of the of the unknown um but also he had like very, uh, he had, in the show, he describes quite um, what a full on experience he has with um, what I believe are parasites. He thinks of them as demons, I think of them as parasites. 
because essentially what they're doing is they're keeping someone in this in a sense a space of torment um and some of the language that he relayed that that these things relayed to him he said you've got no uh, you have no right to interfere in our way of life so mm-hmm. in terms of that predatory aspect the predator is predatory for a reason that it mm-hmm. is right. getting something from that um, and I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier about kind of that, that the idea of negative emotions being these food for, for, for these things. Right. Um, yeah. um, excellent points. And um, that uh, some of what I, I feel like uh, you're touching on there, or um, well, some of what you're certainly touching on there is um, <clears throat> there is obviously I've mentioned the word continuum uh, two or three times, and there is, I'm also reminded of the phrase that you'll hear people bring up sometimes, um, God of the gaps, meaning that, um, and I I do kind of think that this rings true because this is more or less uh, what um, heuristic, what something heuristic is, you know, like metaphysics in essence is, fills the gap of um, of our scientific framework um, in many ways and um, helps propel the scientific method um, as the historical record shows um, many of our science nearly all of our scientific discoveries have um, um, followed either spiritual sentiment or artistic sentiment um, and um, so I think of demonology in particular, um, it, there's no question that even outside of the Abrahamic religions, um, it was certainly used as a, a metaphor or allegory, uh, both um, for illness. And so the uh, demonology, but it also included this anomalous circumstance that we talk about here. Um, and so there's, uh, I, I think, a lot of it is untouched still. I mean, those who know, know, but um, a lot of it's untouched um, uh, demonology in the modern day. And a lot of people, um, I think, don't give it enough credit because it has uh, been updated. There's a lot more sophistication involved now. Um, You know, you can look, you know, because, you know, epilepsy and uh, things like that, you know, just schizophrenia. um, These are, we're obviously um misconstrued for things like possession and you can even look at uh you know uh smallpox was considered the actual smallpox uh illness itself was considered a demon and there are so many cases of that um so again yeah very important to remember that uh um I think that's why I really appreciate tradition but I'm very wary of dogma because things need to be updated um by the definition of what heuristic is um it is uh and i think that you know most honest esoteric spiritual traditions will tell you uh, if they're being honest uh that these things are meant to be updated you know respect the tradition but part of respecting that tradition is making sure it's accurate you know and keeping it alive so food for thought there yeah, I think it's a fair point. You know, I think I think what we t- tend to be guilty of, though, is is we we associate um, more archaic um, 
societies or worldviews with um, essentially kind of low intellectual um, just that's not the word I'm looking for but we associate kind of that archaic society as being almost like childlike you know they were like we're, 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 when that's not necessarily the case at all you know I, my, my world right. a lot more kind of animist as a whole you know so for me the idea of kind of everything having some kind of consciousness whatever that might be you know not human not remotely how we define consciousness or we understand consciousness um that doesn't seem to be beyond the pale for me you know no yeah i agree um so i'm absolutely for updating things and always increasing to the adding to the to, to the wealth of knowledge as long as we don't kind of throw things out in their entirety you know certainly certainly people to those places originally for a reason you know we tend to again we, we project this idea that because we are we're in the driver's seat currently in this you know this place in time that those 100 years ago those 200 years ago those 500 5000 years ago or somehow less intellectually capable as, as, as we are but it's nothing to be further from the truth there's you know look at the achievements of, of ancient greece of, of of ancient egypt you know I like to see most people try and build uh, a pyramid. You know, here's some paper, a ruler, draws up some blueprints. We'll be, we'll be back after lunch. Let us know how you get on. You know, people don't have a fucking clue what to do. They don't have to, they don't know how to do anything. Let alone like you know construct some of the kind of the the, the, the incredible capabilities of, of the ancient world, the, the incredible achievements of the ancient world. Rather. So they saw the, the universe in a, in a very different way. Like you said, we, we, we touched on the Greek idea of the, of the, 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 the daemon, um, I think just before we started recording. Um, so if we have people who are intellectually capable of creating these absolute you know, architectural um, masterpieces, why do we somehow assume that their way of seeing the world is, is more naive than ours? You know, we think scientific perspective, absolutely couldn't agree more and i think um a lot of that is um sometimes people squabbling over semantics instead of looking for the common denominators and things and um i don't this probably isn't you know because that's a really big uh that's kind of like a million dollar question um sifting through what is so universal and archetypal uh that it's quintessential and then what should be updated um and um i think that some of the answer lies in from my perspective this uh when you look at the evolutionary scale of uh the human species it seems very clear to me and i've heard this uh in I've heard this echoed in uh, esoteric thought. You, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this idea to one degree or another, but um, the, uh, the idea that at the beginning of the crawl, the evolutionary crawl, you know, when civilization began and things, there was, uh, I mean, there was a period of time where the individual wasn't really considered much. Like, you know, it's hard for people to think of today, but at a certain point on the evolutionary scale, the individual as an actual concept, a cherished concept was like a new invention. And, and slowly, I think that um, 
that began as the as the record shows this switch and some would um would point uh to things like the procession of the equinox equinoxes etc um but uh regardless of the circumstances uh you know adaptationally there's definitely there's always there's always the balance of the collective and the self but the context and i guess the ways in which we balance those has changed a bit over time and i think that there uh, now more than ever and again it's also geographic too of course uh even in modern day um you know different places are different but um generally speaking as a rule of thumb this certainly rings true that across the board humans in general have more individualistic problems um now than ever um if and not to say that people weren't individuals in the past but i think that there are certain industrial technological advents that have made us a lot more isolated in a lot of ways whereas um in the past <clears throat> people couldn't afford that isolation just out of sheer survival. So um, I don't know, like that's just kind of food for thought because um, um, I don't know what all the implications would be in that sentiment, but I do think that it plays its role in the, like shaping our perspective on these things because perhaps as I really don't think that, um, I think you're so on point when you say um, it's, it's dangerous to consider the, the like the spiritual practices of uh, ancient people are like archaic or something when they could do things that we can't seem to do today and if anything I think it's um it is it calls into question you know what I just said basically like what how might some of their adaptational um, pressures subtly differed from ours um so um because yeah um demonology is is uh something again like you know we talk about updating and things but you talk about tradition as well demonology is something that you can find you know since uh it, it's quintessential to spiritual tradition and and by proxy uh, essentially our, our imaginal complexes itself like it is a very it's a deep part of the human experience uh, whether it be possession or oppression or obsession or these things so it's certainly not something that we can throw away um even as a even uh, those who are skeptics i mean I, I think there's a modern mirror for a lot of it you know um simply i mean to to build on your point about you know how modern humans exist, how in, in, the, in the West, right? So we were predominantly online. You know, if we're not kind of sitting, looking at a screen, we're, we're, we're checking notifications. So we, we're, we're, we're almost essentially always looking at a screen, you know? And that's, that's a, it's a remarkable headspace when you start to think about it, that we're, we're, we're living in this, um, illusionary world that is very real in a lot of ways and we have a we have a physical reaction to you know and we're, we're absolutely completely addicted to it the platforms have been designed that way to 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 encourage that addictive behavior we, and it's worked we're very immersed in it. so what's happening there because when we talk about again the idea of being fed off being parasited really gone into the idea of parasites as 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 a Thing as a separate thing from demons 
looking at looking at the platforms that we we partake in you know they have a, a, a they have an identity they have a collective identity you know there, there's certain generational differences there's there's communication communication types of difference based on the technology but there's also kind of a there's this there's a sense of point of view of a collectivist point of view twitter is a very different mentality to youtube as does facebook as does instagram they all exhibit different features different behaviors and that interests me a lot because i think about it in terms of well they're all manipulative you know, they're all wanting you to focus on spend your time um and again come from the very straight psychological impetus to to encourage you to go in and see you know did i get likes you know or, or whatever whatever the currency is right mm -hmm. in, in the platform and that's taking you away from a path it's taking your time from you um but essentially not much return right right um, truly yeah and and i think about it a lot in terms of well by a lot of the characteristics that we've outlined, um, I know a lot of people talk about social media being bad for the health, that it's reduced um, humanity in a lot of ways. I, I think a lot of us behave at our lowest aspect of ourselves in a lot of social media areas. Um, when you look at that and you gotta go, right, so this is the stuff, it, it's, it is parasiting off us. It's parasiting off our neurosis. Are setting off our need for attention. Um, that is a total construct in this weird digital world that, that's that's been created. There's a lot of great things about social media too. But then again, you know, demons grant you different wishes. Demons kind of be exchanged with, and and just and it's. I mean, it, I, I'm I'm playing with this like, but but it, in a in a certain prism, you could say that platforms. I mean, I, I mean, I personally believe there is an egregore. With platforms that this you can't have that much human energy focused on something without something coming back and something getting great Agreed. you know but is there a form of uh, a, a demonic entity um that is generated out of like a a technical space mixed with kind of human attention human psychic energy human emotions you know i know it's 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 a bit of a curveball, but you you know where I'm going with it. Like there, there's similar aspects to it. I think it's it's it's, it's an interesting, an interesting um, pair to poke the stick. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really, I'll say it. Uh, I, I, even if people think it's cheesy, I haven't received any backlash or anything. But uh, I think that um, you know, the term black mirror is very apt. Um, it certainly is, and it's a double-edged sword you know it's like uh i really see the internet archetypally speaking and um you know laptops and computers as you know uh again archetypally speaking um as like divination oracles in a way i mean it's really not too far off uh, from from something similar to a ouija board in a way um it's just obviously a lot more sophisticated um Wonderful. So it, this has been a, a really interesting and engaging conversation. So thank you very much for, for joining us once again. Um, where's the best place for people to, to find you, want to find more about you? You've got another book in the pipeline. How's, how's the book coming along? 
it's coming along well um regular life always gives you plenty to deal with but uh um i can't complain and i'm um i'm um, chugging along uh, making my way through this manuscript um and it's very much going to be a, a companion piece this one's going to be hunt manual uh, the last one was dive manual um so you know so you could read them exclusively um but together um there'll definitely be some synergy there and uh, some of the nice part of that is while i'm covering uh it's all the it's all the same sentiment and mindset but covering different subject matter uh and um it'll uh a lot so that being said a lot of the legwork that i did with dive manual research wise building just my context and perspective is gonna help with this manuscript a lot so it'll be out it'll be out sooner rather than later for sure uh so keep your eyes peeled but i don't have a, a date set yet um but you can go to divemind.net um that's my website uh you can check out any other interviews i've done uh, i try to keep things pretty diverse sometimes i'm just talking about the book and some of the material in there and sometimes i get into all sorts of stuff like serial killers and cult leaders and you can find excerpts of the book on the website too i talk about demonology and sleep paralysis a little bit um and you can find me on twitter if you want um dive mind 667 because i'm just a little bit better than a devil and um um facebook if you really want to anthony tyler um you know, I have dive manual listed uh, as my, so I'm not too hard to find. You can go to amazon.com if you want to uh, directly and get dive manual. Um, I'm always interested in starting a dialogue though. Um, and I hope people got something out of this. I really appreciate you having me on because uh, you have a lot of knowledge on this subject. And I was really excited to um, pick your brain a little bit as well. And I think that, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun. I think we covered some really interesting ground and um, yeah, I uh, hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. Uh, I'm Great. sure, I'm sure someone did. <laughs> I'd be a few of them. Really pleasure to catch up with you again and best of luck with the new title. I look forward to, look forward to having a flick through when, uh, when it comes out. Thank you. I'll be sending you a copy for sure. Awesome. I look forward to it. Peace everybody. very much anthony i really enjoyed that chat um if you want to find out more from anthony then check the show notes you can find the links to his um his website and in this website he lists a whole heap more of his podcast appearances and he's got a new book coming out so do keep an eye out for his work right that's it for me thank you for listening take care and talk soon bye